And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And our guest today is Gerard Exubery. He is a lifelong street photographer from the New York area. And uh, he's been shooting on the streets for over 40 years. Uh, he said he hasn't been showing his work only for like the last seven or so. So we're going to, I want to fill that gap here. But uh, yeah, so, and he's just come out with a new book, which uh, is really something. We'll talk about that in, in a few minutes. But Gerard, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks Glad for you be with us. Good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, um, you know, before we get into all the nitty gritty, I wonder if you could just Give us a little bit of your background, how you how you got into photography, how you got into street photography, and, you know, how that led you up to publishing. Well, you've published two books now, right? So, um, I think, well, from the time, as far back as I can remember, I, like I remember my father um, helping me steady his Rolleiflex. And I remember the first picture I took, and um, it was of a bridge under the Verrazano Bridge, which was just being... Uh, a, a ship under the Verrazano Bridge that was still under construction. And it, it's a memory that has stuck with me. And he passed away about a year later from cancer. And I've always associated um, photography with loss. It, it sounds sad, but I don't, it's not sad, but, but it's like um, trying to hang on to something of the moment. And, um, it's all I ever wanted to do from the time I was nine years old. It's all I ever wanted to do. You still have that photo? Oh, no. I <laughs> no, no clue where that is. In, my, in here, I have it. In yeah. my head, I have it. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny because I can see it. I have an eidetic memory, I've been told. Um, and like I remember things really well, like events and things like that. Um, and I can see that picture so clearly in my mind's eye. Wow. Wow. So you, your dad showed you how to get started and you've been doing it ever since. Yep. I um, went to the School of Visual Arts in New York City, and that was at a time when no school was offering a BFA in photography except School of Visual Arts and I think Philadelphia College of Art, maybe. And I went to visual arts and, um, you know, I think there's a lot about the photography business, commercial um fashion or, or, um, commercial work that, um, well, it just wasn't for me. And I ended up, um, while I was going to school, working as an assistant for a fashion photographer who makes Harvey Weinstein seem like a really nice guy. And after about a month of that, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I, I mean, I would have the models would say, would you mind staying late until and we can leave together? Cause they didn't want to be alone with the guy. He's passed yeah. away. And, um, at, he was very nice to me most of the time, um, but he was not nice to women. And, and that's, that always stuck with me. And, and I realized that Darkroom, uh, I was a great printer. I always got work freelancing as a, as a black and white printer. It was, uh, I was just good at it. I worked for uh, Modern Age and Berkey k &L, and I don't know if those names even mean anything anymore. But, um, but I didn't want to. I did not want to do. I thought in high school I want to be like uh, David Hemmings in Blow Up. I'm going to take pictures of models. I'm going to ride around in my Bentley, and wear the turtleneck. And it turns out 
I was a little bit deeper than that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So what, what have you been doing all these years? I had a small um, uh, video, film and video production company. I, I did that through uh, um, mid 80s to late 90s. And, um, uh, you know, we did a lot of corporate industrial. We did uh, Christopher Reeve, which is we got to work with. We used to do a lot of satellite work with him. So I would put the packages together. I owned a lot of the equipment, put packages together, put the crew together. Um, AT&T and Lucent Technologies, they sent us around the world multiple times. I mean, they knew how to spend money. So you, you wonder why they're not here anymore, right? <laughs> or not I used to work for were. them. So, yeah, I know. And, you know, in towards the late 90s, uh, I was very unhappy. You know, I was in a marriage that um, my, my, my ex-wife is a great woman. Um, but the way I was not brought up with any um, male influence in, in my life and very little influence uh, of female either. So uh, um, there was a lot about being a husband that I just didn't know how to do. And I was very, very unhappy. And um, I also was unhappy with the business because I knew what I wanted to do was walk around taking pictures. And um, somehow I made that happen um, in spite of myself. And uh Pretty much that's what I've been doing ever since. There, there's definitely been a drop in um, what – I'm not a member of the country club, but I, but I have a really good time. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm doing something I always wanted to do, and I always carried my camera with me, uh, even no matter what, always. Because, look, you're not going to take <laughs> pictures if you're not carrying the thing. You know, street photography in New York, well, there's a lot of streets. You know, it kind, of, it's, it kind of becomes organic and I love people and I love, uh, I'm very curious and I like seeing, um, you know, what people's lives are like. Uh, I, I've got a series of um, latex, people who went to latex at, who had a Christmas party and I became, uh, I'm very friendly with a um, woman who designs this stuff and her husband, we, we, we've known each other many, many years, but I was not a, aware of that world. And they started inviting me to these parties and say this is fantastic and and that's when i realized that um if you if you smile and and you seem accepting or you make yourself vulnerable say hey can you explain this to me you know people are more than happy to um let you take their picture or um explain to you why they dress up the way they do or whatever and uh, that's always been kind of um my philosophy is to not be threatening, you know, because you're on the street, you're taking pictures. Yeah. And a lot of people may not like that, especially now. Um, but I, I found, you know, I, I, if I'm taking a picture, I, first of all, I hate the coward shot. Um, the, the photo lands across the street, the person sleeping on the sidewalk, it's the coward shot. And I know that because I've done the coward shot. So is everybody else. And then you realize this is very unsatisfying. And my advice, uh, to street, if anybody wants to be a street photographer, I, I have a nephew, Noah, and uh, all I ever say to him is closer, get closer, closer, you know, um, because it's true. Uh, I, when I went from shooting with a 50 and a 105 and I discovered this 24 millimeter lens, 30, you know, full print, um, that's what I wanted to shoot with. And 95% of the time, any picture I've taken is done with that lens. So. Wow. So yeah, earlier you said you chew with the Fuji. So do you use, use the sixteen then? Yeah, 
yeah yeah um it's uh it's interesting um I had uh, quite a bit of Fuji gear. I have the original X100, and I had the XE2, I had the XH1, I had the XT1, and a bunch of lenses. And I was doing, um, I had this really crappy job of doing foreclosed and abandoned property. It paid horrible, but I got to go into places that I would not be allowed to go into, and uh-huh. and and it was fantastic. And I did it for almost a year. Um, yeah, that was another one of those things where, wow, this is great. If I have to pay for it, I will. And I'm sure I spent much more money on gas than they ever gave me. Uh, what was my point? Oh, yes. Yeah, so you're talking about the, the 16? Right. Fuji? Um, yeah. So I had all these lenses. I had the 10 yeah. to 24. Yeah. You know, and Fuji makes – I was so disappointed with my first digital camera. It was a Panasonic. It was a GAF1, and it was all plastic, and and, and, and I hated it. And when Fuji came out with the first X100, um, it was a real camera. It had f-stops. It had shutter yeah. speeds. It had Great ISO. Camera. And and here's the thing. If you know about your f-stops and your shutter speeds in ASA or ISO, you don't need an instruction manual. You can take pictures. You, know, you may want to go in and read the instruction manual, but I like the fact that it was a real camera. And uh, it's been like that ever since. I got rid of all my Fuji gear two, almost two years ago because a this woman, this editor, um, who will remain nameless. She challenged me. She said, you, you know, I know, you know, you don't know why you switched to digital, why you got away from shooting a film. I said, Oh yeah, I, I do. And at any rate, so we had a bet and I bought a Leica cause I always wanted a Leica and uh, with the equivalent, you know, 24. And um, the first time I was processing film, I the first, my, which I hadn't done in so many years. My thought was that I was one of those Williamsburg reenactors, you know, like demonstrating how they used to do it, like making horseshoes or something. And, and that is stuck in my head. And then I realized that the thing that I did not like was that um, I had gotten used to not having fixer stains all over every single thing I own. <laughs> and, and I spent, I'm telling you, I spent years in the dark room. Um, I was a good printer. I had, for whatever reason, it came naturally to me being able to look at the tones in a print and say, well, that's not right or whatever and, and make it right. But um, as soon as I started using Photoshop, and I, I just knew. And I got rid of the, the, the um, Leica after about six months, maybe, maybe closer to a year. And I went right back and I bought the X-Pro3 and I have the X100 and uh, maybe I'll get another camera. I don't know. I've just found that in my old age, or that one camera, backup camera at home, one lens. That's all I ever shoot with. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Yep. I've, I've been working on simplifying things myself. Matter of fact, I'm, we're going to Europe in a few weeks. I think, so, Tito, I take my X100F. It's 35 millimeter. Right I like camera. to shoot wider. So should I, should I take my, my X-Pro2? And with just the 16 or maybe the 18. And, uh, but then if I take that up, maybe I should take some other lenses. Okay. That's getting too complicated. <laughs> and then I, I, I know that, feel, you know, um, I don't generally, God, I haven't been on vacation. You know, my life is a vacation. Um, but uh, I used generally did not take pictures on vacation because I did a lot of traveling for work. Yeah. And I found like being at the Grand Canyon, you're going to take a picture of the Grand Canyon? Come on. You know, it's like, what's up here is, is um, yeah, I've seen a lot of beautiful pictures of the Grand Canyon, but just standing there for the first time, uh, that word awesome that everybody uses 
incorrectly. Yeah. That was awesome. It and, is. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd rather have memories than, or, than this, you know, with the holding up the, the cell phone, you know. Or, but, um, yeah, one camera, one lens. I would take the X-Pro2 and um, I would take like a, some equivalent 105, like their 85 millimeter 1.2. What a nice piece of glass. And uh, the 24 equivalent, the 16. That's it. That's all I would take. Yeah. Yeah, because I do. Uh, I just do street photography when I'm mm-hmm. wherever, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't I don't photograph the Eiffel Tower or, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is, you know, it's the people. It's the people, baby. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. I was asked, I was asked why I like, why I went into street photography. And of course, the one reason was because there's a lot of streets in New York City. Um, I would not going from one place to another as a photographer's assistant. And then as a producer, I uh, always had my camera and I was always taking pictures when I should have been doing something else. So being a street photographer, it was a really kind of organic uh, thing. And um, I love people. I like, I like, str- I like strange. Th- I, I want to know why somebody does what they do. And if they let me into their life and take some pictures, good on them. They're brave and I'm curious. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Curious. That's a great, great organ to have that curious organ. Keeps you young. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. So, um, so you said you've been shooting street photography for 40 years, but you've only been showing your work for, what do you yeah. say, five, seven years, something like that? Seven years at this point. Seven. So what, but you still have everything going back all those years? I have uh, all my name. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, <laughs> well, there's one scanner there. I've got a, in here. Um, and uh, the first book, Subway, that was all film. And uh, um, yeah, I have, I've had lost twice, twice. Uh, my wife and I moved into a house and um, basement flooded and I lost a bunch of negatives sheets. Oh. And I mean, when I think about it, I want to cry. Um, and then it happened again a year later and we had moved it, we had moved into another place and it happened again. And, um, so I said, Hey, you know, maybe I'll keep it in the attic, the stuff in the attic. And, and I started to, um, so this is 2003, four. Um, I started to repair the, a lot of those damaged negatives in Photoshop. I mean, things that were just did not even exist anymore. I took pictures of, I took parts of a print and integrated it with what with the negative you know and um and I, I it's wonderful to be able to do that i spend much more time in photoshop than i ever spent in the dark room um yeah the new book that's the third monitor for the new book i went through three monitors i'm not kidding oh it was about a two-year period almost um brand new computer because mine just died uh, i went through a, a keyboard and i went through like three hard drives and I don't treat things roughly. It just, stuff was just ready to die. So, um, wow. but you know, I have found that, you know, you should have the tools, you should get the best tools you can afford and don't complain about them. <laughs> you learn how to use them. Yeah. 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 I agree. It's, uh, what do they say sharp tools and in- interesting problems. Yeah. Yeah. I say that in the tech world a lot. I didn't think I, I didn't answer your question, which was why, after all this time, did I start? Because somebody said, you know, why don't you put some of the, put 
because honestly, there were people, I have my, one of my best friends in all the world. When I sent him the first book, he said, you know, I always saw you with the camera, but I never saw any pictures, which was absolutely true. Absolutely uh-huh. true. And he and I used to walk around, we'd go to Coney Island, whatever. Uh, very few people you can walk around and take pictures with because that's like going to a, being a wingman. You're not going to have any success. You go by yourself. And yeah. in any case, uh, but it was, it was the funniest thing. And um, so why don't you put this on Flickr? And it was because of the Flickr community. Um, I put, I, I was putting up pictures and honestly, uh, there's a Groucho Marx thing or a Woody Allen thing by way of Groucho. I, I, I wouldn't want to be a member of any club that would have me as a member. Yeah. And that is a distinct, you know, like that's imposter syndrome, what they call now. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, I um, didn't really, th- I thought my stuff was okay. I didn't really think it was good. I didn't know how to, anybody who's really sat there and said, oh, this is wonderful shit, I thought I was an idiot, you know. But then it, it turns out that the whole world can't be like that. And I ended up seeing a shrink who, she was wonderful. Um, when she, we talked about many things and then we hit on the photography and then it was like off to the races. Um, well, why, why wouldn't she show this stuff? We, well, I didn't think it was good. Or, and, and really um, it is that imposter sy- syndrome thing and um, getting over it on Flickr. And as part of Flickr, I would write a caption about, Oh, this is taken uh, in the world trade center, subway station or whatever. And somebody, I would be asked to elaborate a little bit more. So those captions turned into paragraphs. The paragraphs turned into stories. And people liked it, you know, and I'm a people pleaser. I, you know, I'd be more than happy to, because uh, living in New York City for as many years as I have, a lot of strange stuff happens, you know, and, and I love telling a story. So. You've got some, you got some great ones, not only in the book, Thanks. but on your website. I encourage everybody to oh, go really? to Gerard's I website. There. <laughs> huh? I didn't know but, that you had taken a look at it. Of course. Oh, thank you. You're, um, glad you. On your website, you've got the story you wrote about the robbery in the oh, camera yeah. store. That's a big one. <laughs> that, uh, uh, yes. It was like, it was so well crafted. The oh, way you, you. open the you story so up, looking at the gun, what happens next? Thank you. I mean, um, I, I only started writing a short, really, I consider it a short time ago. And, and I think that so many other people write so well. And um, to have um, so people say that, you know, something like that, that validation, it, it's important. That's why my kids, I never got it as a kid, but my kids always, you want to build a robot under the bed? Go ahead. That's why my computer parts were all disappearing. Um, uh, you know, you want to build an airplane in the basement? Sure you can. You know, always the encouragement. Always, yeah. yes, you can. And I never had that growing up. And I know a mm-hmm. lot of people Most of us did. didn't. Yeah. Right? And and both of my sons are, I have one son who uh, graduated last year, elect- electrical engineering from Rutgers, has this incredible job. I mean, y- you know, I mean, he's set for life. And the other one worked on the Colbert show and does uh, sketches oh, really? and, yeah. and um, both of them, they're nice people. I mean, I don't, I never wanted kids. I never liked kids. My mom hated kids, <laughs> but, <laughs> but these, but, but I like my sons. I don't know about your kids, but my kids, I, I like. <laughs> I like my kids. <laughs> there you go. They're great. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Well, anyway, so you wrote this book. 
I'm going to say write because it's not just a book of pictures. And like I said before we start, I, I see lots of books. People are always sending books. You know, I want to come on. I want to pimp my book on your show. Most people don't get that far. Um, and uh, so I, I was really happy you sent me this. Uh, it's called Women Hold Up Half the Sky. So, uh, and it's got some great stories in it, which we'll get to, uh, along with some fabulous photos. So tell us a little bit about the book, how you came up with that name. Um, hang on, I'm just trying to find my water. Um, okay. The, um, the name, you know, usually when somebody, oh, I'm going to write a book and call it this, that means the book's never going to get written. You know, it's just, yeah. but the title is really great. So, um, but, um, I had done the first book, the subway book, and, uh, I got a very good reaction to that. Um, my ex sister-in-law, I'm laying in bed cause of this whole surgery thing and, and I can't do anything. She says, well, why don't you start on the book you've been talking about the subway book? And she just was like every day, did you work on it? No. Well, what about tomorrow? Yeah. 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 And then one day I just lied and said, yeah, I worked on it for 15 minutes. And then when she got off the, we got off the phone, I had to go work for, on it for 15 minutes. So I wasn't lying to her. And, um, uh, and so she really pushed it and, it, and, uh, you know, it came out nice. It, it came out. And I said, wow, I really enjoyed doing this. I'd like to do it again. I don't want to be like Vivian Meyer and die and have my pictures in a closet someplace and, and, yep. and they end up in the trash. And, you know, I really do believe that pictures have a life that they are this organic thing. And, and I believe that my pictures deserve the life uh, of their own because I kept them private for so long and, and, and they should be out there. And a book is a great way to do it. So um, why did I choose women, Hold Up Half the Sky and the subject of women? Um, because of my mother. My mom passed away uh, four years ago and um, she was a crappy mother. I mean, she was just crap. But she was a very interesting, she was a very interesting person. You know, like you would want to sit down and, and just hear stories or whatever. She had a mm -hmm. great sense of humor. Shit as a mother. Sorry. And, uh, and, but coming and coming to terms with that after she died. Um, and I'm still, you know, there's still many questions that I have. And, and I started writing um, just some thoughts about um, we can't help who we love. You know, it's why people end up still still end up with people who are really toxic for them and where mm -hmm. our kids turn out to be serial killers. And we love them anyway. Um, you can't help who you love. And, you know, I genuinely miss my mother. She lived to 98. She was as sharp as a tack. And and, oh. you know, she could definitely carry an argument and she would. Um, and but um, she insisted, you know, growing up, my dad had passed away very young. My mom worked all the time. She had her own little life on the side, but she worked all the time. And I was pretty much left alone, get up in the morning, make my breakfast, go to school, come home, need laundry for, do the so, and I was pretty much alone, but she insisted on a couple of things, good manners. She said, uh, cause with good manners, and I found this very true with street photography, with good manners, mm -hmm. you can go anywhere. It doesn't make it, no matter how much cash you have, doesn't make any Good manners will get you entree into other places. Um, she did not tolerate baby talk. She did not, you know, that if you're going to say a word, you say it correctly. And 
So, and she encouraged me to read at a very early age. She encouraged, I, I liked watching ballet on TV and I, and cause it's beautiful. Who doesn't want to see people jumping around in skimpy clothes and, and, and doing something really beautiful. And, uh, so I, I never had the um, peer pressure of guy, a lot of guy friends. Um, so exposed to art and photography. So she was really, you know, if she did anything, that's what she, she, that's, mm-hmm. she said that at the end of her life that she knew that she had to give me um, the skills to survive in life. And all right. So like Johnny um, Cash. There you go. Boy named Sue. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, um, the, I've always had crappy relationships with women, you know, for whatever reason, after so many years, I realized, you know, I've never been very good at this. And my ex-wife, who's a wonderful person, um, it's funny after we got divorced, we were talking and she said, you didn't have a chance, (laughs) you know, it's like, because, Hey, you know, like I'm used to being able to read a paragraph without having to go into the bathroom to do it. Or I am used to pretty much doing, Hey, I want to go out at 2 AM and take pictures. And I have, and I, it's, you know, because sometimes that's the best time um, and not have a discussion about it. So I was not, I did not have the equipment being a father. I was a great father. I loved being a father. It was tremendously healing. And um, I thought I would hate it. I thought it was time to run away you know, joined the French Foreign Legion. I loved it. And um, it's the best thing I ever did with my life, being a father. Being married? No. And relationships with women. But I love taking photographs. Like, there are half the people out there. And I have accumulated over the years all of these pictures. And uh, one of the things I I like to write about is uh, using your photographs as a way to deal with your past, um, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, you look at these things and if you're like me and you have contact sheets, man, I know exactly what I was doing on that day, who I was seeing that lie I told and how much trouble I got or whatever. And, um, you know, it's a tremendous kind of therapy tool because you're documenting your life, you know, yes, it's street photography, but you're documenting your life and the things that catch your eye that you're interested in and looking at, well, half of those people were women. And um, so I decided I'm going to do two books. One was going to be with women and I'm working. I just started on the, the men one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you can't do one on women and not do the men. You see, women are better. Women are men 2.0. You know, I, I definitely I say it in, in, in that in the, the new book. And I'm going to say it is that um, the first thing I, in, the, in the new book is uh, um, to every like uh, significant or great event in my life or whatever, a woman dragged me there kicking and screaming. Yeah, much better men than men are. But um, so that's what that's what I'm going to do. But, um, you, you know, I have such respect and and also, you know, this crap with Harvey Weinstein and and just the general misogyny. You know, I saw it in fashion photography, you know, as an assistant. And, um, you know, I, I just. You know, people say, well, what would Jesus do? I, you know, I go, what would my mother say? Holy crap. You know, yeah. like, yeah. you know, and, and, um, I was raised a lot better than the, a lot of the behavior I, I saw. And I realized that doing the street stuff had much more of a sense of, um, purpose 
than taking pictures for ANS or Macy's or whatever, you know? So, and so it ended up being women, you know, and I just happened to have some stories about relationships also, and they all kind of blended together. Yeah. And I, and I like, I like how you sequence it. It's all about women and it's from very young to very old. And in the process, you interweave all these stories. I mean, it's, I think it's an, like an autobiography, but I think it's really more of a self-portrait of yourself at different periods in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when somebody sent me a, a, a comment about um, how, uh, about being very open about things and um, well, if, if you're an artist or consider yourself an artist or, you know, you um, express yourself creatively, I, you know, I used to, I was asked once, well, when you do street photography, what's the most important thing? And the most important thing about street photography is the photographer, because it's what I'm seeing, how I'm interpreting it, how the prints I already know how it's going to look or whatever. And um, so it is my story. And I think that, uh, I think a lot of the, like, it's a universal story of a guy just, you know, when you're a kid, when you're a kid, like I was, like the robbery story or what you read and yeah, or, yeah. Uh, the thing with the tarantula. Um, did you read that one yet? No. Oh. No, but that. I'm going to. That's, that's hilarious. Um and that, you know, as a, as a, um, as a young 20 year old or 21 year old wanting to be a street photographer, it took me many years to realize that until life has got kind of be tenderized you a little bit, until you've had been dumped, until you've been fired, until somebody in a bar punched you or whatever, it, it's hard to empathize with the rest of the world, you know, as a young person, especially entitled growing up in the suburbs and um, that that was the issue. It wasn't, it wasn't for lack of, um, desire or purpose. It was, it was just, um, I couldn't see it. I didn't see the way I see now. And that's sad about getting old is that there, that, that crap they used to say about, Oh, well, you get wiser. That's absolutely true. <laughs> absolutely true. Well, actually it is true. You, know, you, you have a whole, big time span to deal with in, in terms of making decisions. And, right. and uh, you know, when you're young, you don't, you've only got like now and what you hope things are going to be. Sure. Yeah. Of and then you end you up making a lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of mistakes. I like you had a line in the book. I think it was a book. Maybe it was your website. It said, I'd, I'd like to go back and tell my younger, younger self, give advice to my younger self, but I know he wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> yeah. I go, yeah wow, that's, um, that's so true. I remember um uh it must have been I was 19 or 20 being in the baseball diamonds where the baseball diamonds are in Central Park taking a picture facing uh south the Essex house was the sign at the time yeah they moved um and standing there and I I used to wear a fatigue jacket and I remember taking the exposed roll of film, putting it in my pocket and thinking to myself, you know, I, I think I'm going to worry about doing stuff with, with all these pictures when I'm an old man. Well, I don't call myself an old man, but I'm certainly older. And um, I figured, and it, and it absolutely turned out that way, that I'm finding things now that, you know, I maybe put an X on on the contact sheet and filed it away. 
it's, it, I'm having, it's hilarious. I'm having a great time, you know? And you're able to find all this stuff. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, amazing. It's just amazing <laughs> that I can, I can find all that stuff because there's so much stuff I can. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you know Harvey Stein. No, I don't. I, he shoots at Coney Island a lot. You talk a lot about oh, really? Coney Island. Yeah. But mm -hmm. He lives in New York. And I asked him about how he finds all these old negatives and he, he went through his whole system. And I go, wow. Of course, he used to be an engineer. So mm -hmm. very organized. And hell, I can't even find things in Lightroom. You know, it's funny because I use Lightroom for the book. Yeah. And when I did the Subway book, I um, um, uh, swore I would never use Lightroom again for that. Lightroom is a great cataloging, keywording, find it. For everything else, it's crap. And the book module, so I ended up buying Affinity Publisher, which is very good, I had been told. What did you buy? Affinity oh, Publisher. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, and it's very, it's very complex. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm going to have to take a class or, or two or three or... Basically, I learned by um, necessity as a mother. You know, it's like I got to do this, and then I find out how to do it. And yeah, so, uh, and I wanted to use it on um, the new book, but um, because of the injury I had, and because of COVID and all this other stuff, people had been waiting a while for the book. I mean, I was at a year off in delivery of the book. Uh -huh. Nobody ever complained. You know, I updated people on Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Nobody ever complained. People were so nice. And, you know, every month it was like, hey, you know, we're getting a little closer. We're, we're getting a little closer. And, um, yeah, you know, having – what's my point? My, having uh, tools that uh, either you don't know how to use or are not good for your purpose is, is really counterproductive. Mm -hmm. yeah. I am yeah. not an organized person. I am 67 and I've realized that my mom was right. I am kind of a slob and um, that I am not organized. And interestingly enough, I got diagnosed with ADD 30 years ago, so, <laughs> which is, oh, that was great. I, you know, if it was a little earlier, I could have been a rocket scientist, but um, I have systems that work for me. Like I may not have everything filed here, but I know that this stack of negatives is 1975 to 1980 and that's where it's going to be when i'm looking for it and as i've scanned things in and i really do try but also uh that can be counterproductive too so as i said a lot of my photography my process my flow is organic you know or how i'm feeling when i get up in the morning yeah i understand i understand completely i'm in the same boat so um anyway going back to the book i just got to ask you about yes. this but I don't want you to give any, I don't want you to give any of it away. A couple of times as a kid, I took some 16 by 20 prints. I used to live on the Upper East Side. Oh, Son of Sam was very popular then. Uh, it was not so 70. So, and I would take my 16 by 20s over to the Metropolitan uh, Museum early on Sunday morning, put them out on the, on, on the pavement there and, you know, put the stones in the corner just to show people. Yeah. And, and um, somebody said, well, how much do you want for that? I said, geez. You know, I had no, I hadn't really thought about that. You know, I just was, yeah. I just wanted to show them. And, um, you, you know, it's never, I, I'm telling you right now, if I could just give the book away to anybody who wanted it, I would. But unfortunately, 
uh, that's not the world we live in. No, you can't do it. No, but I, I just don't, I don't want you to give the story away. But one of one of my favorite parts is the story of Rebecca. Hmm. And just, I mean, the way you put it together and the way you opened it with an old negative you found and just the story, I thought, okay, this is when I first discovered you have long stories in here, you know, not just photos. I'm used to just looking at photos and then I go, oh, there's a story. I start reading it, reading it and I couldn't put it down. You wow, know, the story, you, Rebecca, I, I, I want to know her. I want to know Lewis too, actually, you know, what happened with Lewis? I still I'm not, don't, 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 don't tell me, but no, I won't, I won't. Someone's got to, you got to read this. About him. He was a character. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously he, he was in your robbery story too. Oh yeah. Yep. But, yep that's right. Did you, you know, did you, it's, um, did you take this portrait of them? Lewis yeah. and Re- yeah, yeah. Took- yeah. And, and a lot of people don't believe it because it's in a studio. <laughs> yeah. You said it's in a studio. That's when I was working for that, uh, Fashion photographer who was oh really? So, he was on vacation, so I, and I had the keys. So. What the heck? Yeah, you might as well. Hey. What what a wonderful story! Oh man, thank you. It's funny. Um, I know in in the story, I you know that how, and I said to you earlier how dealing with the past by looking by dealing with our photographs. Um, I will say you know I will be sitting here in Photoshop. And I'll look at something I haven't looked at in so many years or a person or, and it's like, it really is like a, a conversation. It's one-sided, but, it, but, you know, I remember it's, it's, it can be very nice. You know, it, it, it can really settle things down that maybe were left unsettled. Um, and, you know, her story, that's so bittersweet and it ain't ever going to be better than that. Yet, you know, it's it, it, it's always been. I've always thought of. I think about her and Lewis a lot, and or I have, and it's compelling, you know. And and then and also, everybody has had an unrequited love. So that's true. That's true. And it, but it seems like you remember this in such great detail. Yeah, forty years later. Memory. Yeah. Um, I um I do and. and you know, I, oh, it's a curse, but it's but it's a treasure. Well, you know, no, it's not a curse, um, but it when you've done things, when you've pulled a real boner, you know, when you've done something where you really screwed up because you were stupid or selfish, or for whatever reason, you remember it very clearly. And all those things, like when you when you when you're laying there in bed and you're remembering something from 15 years ago, you know what I should have said. This is what I should. And then you're having this conversation with this non-existent person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who does that. That's, that's it's refreshing. It's a human condition. <laughs> yeah. It's, you're really, I mean, the book, I mean, it's, it's like super honest, uh, real. Hmm. It's um, yeah, quite, you know, it reminds me of a book completely unrelated. Several years ago, my daughter got me a book for Christmas called The Oregon Trail. Okay. You have to read it. It's by a guy named Rinker Buck, who was a journalist. Oh, he's a pilot too. He's a pilot. Yes, a he pilot. is. It's, did you read the did you read his first book about about their flying the the uh Cub, across, across the, the country? Uh yeah, but many years ago. Many years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Wonderful writer. Yeah. 
And but you know, it's like about he and his brother taking a mule team across the country along the old Oregon Trail. And I'm thinking, I don't care about mules, I don't care about wagons, none of this stuff. But I read it and it's similar to the way you write, because he, you know, he's reflecting back on his life with his family, he comes from this big Catholic family, his dad, who is a real character, also a, a pilot and his brother. So he's interweaving all these stories of his family and his family history with the story of getting these mules across the country and also bringing in American history of the areas where they where they were, plus the adventure of this travel. I, I go, what a story. What a story. And, it, and it, you know, even though yours is completely different, but it's, you know, it's like somebody who's a little bit older, thinking about the past and, and weaving it into a current adventure. And, you know, you've accomplished something like that. You know, um, I don't think it, you get as a kid, you wake up in the morning and say, you know, I can't wait till I'm old enough to work in a cubicle. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Or I, I know as, as a kid, I just wanted to, I just was very curious. And um, so these things that happen, they're the same things that happen that I write about are the same things that happen to anybody else, except I remember it and I'm writing about it. Yeah. And, and, and so there's that, that human condition thing, you know, there's, um, it's, I, I, I feel very fortunate that people do like the writing now because it's a, it's a whole new, um, skill and, uh, talent that I didn't have 10 years ago, you know, that it's like in this part of my life, it's suddenly, I love telling these stories or writing these stories. I like your style. I mean, it's very, very efficient, you know, not flowery. It's just like you say, like conversation. Thank you. Just I'm like glad. That. Well done. Well done. So, um, you know, and I'm not just staying this, just because you sent me a book, you know, I mean, I, I really feel very strongly about, about that. So, so your next book, you're going to do something similar about men, huh? Yes. I've started uh, the selection process. Um, and I thought when I did the book about women that I didn't have enough pictures of women. Well, I could do another book. Yeah. It's the same thing with the men. And, 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 and then it makes me start thinking about, you know, here's this picture I really, really like. Why do I hang on to the one that's not quite as good? You know, or, you know, um, they they would say, look, if you only have six decent pictures uh, in your portfolio, don't put in 12 that, you know, they'll put in those other six. And, um, but it's a relate, you know, photography for me has always been about relationship uh, with myself, with my life. And um, that, what am I trying to say? Um, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's all right. It'll come back to you. Yeah. Or it won't. Nobody cares. That's right. Well, then <laughs> I'm going to ask you about something else. You talk. All right. I got to. I always, you know, jot things down when, I, when I'm reading things. You know what I learned from. Well, I, you got a great line in here. It says, "I'm usually just waiting." I'm usually just waiting for the actors to show up. When you were talking about the covered photo. Yeah. I like that. 
you're a you must be a patient guy. Not always. Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, like I've been walking along and by accident hit the shutter and got a fantastic picture. Hey, you know what? That's still my picture. You know, <laughs> that's um, right. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It was a mistake, but it was my mistake. Um, you know, I think that you that whole thing about like on the subway. Every stop is a new theater and the people get on, or at least they used to. Now they just look at their phones, you know, and they get on and they're reading the newspaper. They're talking to their wife or their kid or whatever. And if you, if you like looking at watching people and, and, and trying to make up little stories about what's going on here, um, you know, I, what being on the street, you just stand still long enough. Something's going to happen. That's true. That's true. So do you, when you're when you're shooting on the street, are you more of, of a fisherman, you know, just waiting in one spot for something to to happen in a good place, or are you are you more in search of things all the time, always moving? Um, I, I, once again, I think that's an organic thing. I just um, sometimes I just feel like, hey, you know, what? I'm going to walk over to the east side as far as the river or the housing projects or something, or um, um, you know, where that on the cover there, I saw that coming out of the subway because there's a kind of a direct line of sight from eighth Avenue and Broadway to where the cube was. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's going to look good. And as I got closer, Hey, guess what? It did look good. <laughs> I, I, and I guess that's also part of the process of doing this, doing it, doing it. You kind of know in a way, um, which way it's going to go, how, how, how it's going to look, you know, you, you kind of can, can pre-visualize. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hey, you know, sometimes I ask permission and sometimes I don't. And it's always a question of, you know, if somebody sees you taking pictures and you didn't ask, well, it's not like I'm telling a lie. I, I, yeah. I can see me taking pictures Yeah, and um, you know, I will smile and, you know, I'll explain what I'm doing or if, if they're interested and, but being able to shift gears like that, you know, the, the 200 millimeter guy across the street doesn't get this, but you know, if you're talking to somebody in the, in the, um, papaya King having a hot dog, you know, somebody you just ran into and they're talking about the uh, dance company that they're with that has a rehearsal space down the street. And would I like to come and take some pictures? Hey, you know, that's, that's magic. So you have yeah. to be willing to go with the flow. So, yeah, absolutely try to do absolutely and, and i always um um try to let people know where i'm going in case i don't come home which i've never in all the time uh i i've lived in new york and shot uh, pictures in new york the camera store story that was all i ever needed to know about being safe in new york um it just woke me up um and but i never once had anything onward happen. I did have a guy once in Piccadilly Circus. I asked if I could take his picture and he told me where he would place the camera if I did. Yeah. And I never had anything like that happen before. It was just so unusual. Yeah. So, um, you know, sounds like a no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. All you had to say was no, Uh, you know, and I don't argue the point. No, there is a picture in the book though, where I did that woman on Madison Avenue where she's staring at me. Are you familiar with it? The, um, it's um, she's wearing a white shirt and she's staring right into the camera. I remember seeing it, but I can't remember well, exactly where it. I'll find it afterwards. 
she's walking down the street and I was very young at the time. And she's walking down the street and I see this white shirt in this gray. It was, it's just something about the white shirt. And I had been leaning up against the um, uh, wire fence, whatever. And as she's starting to get closer, I kind of just kind of jumped out and said, Oh, can I take your picture? And she said, look, I'm really in a rush. And I'm, and I'm walking backwards going, please. I'm being a jerk. And, um, and I got that picture and I love that picture, but I remember that I acted in a way that I probably would not. And, and that picture makes me think of all the women who have had walked by construction workers and, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and okay. because as guys, we'll never, we never will know what, what that is, you know, and hopefully we'll never do that. But, um, you know, I, any, you talk to any, you talk to any woman, and this is one of the things I learned in doing the book. Every single one of them has had something not nice happen. Every single one of them. It just seems like there's always something in their life that, um, and this is the world we live in, so we should change it. It's because guys are assholes. That's why. Yes, I say that all the time. Uh, but you know, I I just say to people, like, I'm straight but sensitive. So. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. I should do a book entitled that. See if I can get people mad at me. That could be the, that that's the name of your man book. Okay. It's already, it's already baked in. So yeah, no, no, just kidding. So when you did this book, I mean, you must've had thousands and thousands of photos mm. and just narrowing it down. I mean, did you already have the stories all worked out like the Rebecca story and you needed to find photos to go with it? Some of them. Yeah, but well, and pretty much everybody's name has been changed in there because somebody said you might want to do that. Oh, okay. All right, because um, it's a work of fiction. You know, in the front, I say, "Hey, this is a work of fiction. Don't yeah. sue me, please." Um, and yeah, uh, some of those stories were written before. I, um, I, I, I've had a couple of websites and. Um, art magazines, uh, one called Dodho, which is in Barcelona, and uh, Photo Nostrum is another, that just picked up the things that I had been writing or have asked me to write something for them. And so that was the seat, might be the seat of the story, or it might be the story in a very condensed version. But that tarantula story was written specifically for the book because I was just thinking, well, that's really kind of funny. And just as it all came together, I said, oh, that's got to go in there. The Rebecca story, that has haunted me. And the one about the, the um, Linda, she's looking at the camera. Mm -hmm. It's the only nude in there, right? Yep. Um, did, if you haven't read that. I did. You'll, oh, okay. Yeah. That that haunts me. Or it did haunt me. I can and, see and, why. So, um, but you know, it's like uh, in that story, I say, we're not always the hero of our own adventure or of our story. Sometimes we're the shit of our, our own story. <laughs> but I guess it's what you learn. And how you try to, you know, make yourself better or try to make amends or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of the book, was there anything you would do differently or do over again? Yeah. <laughs> um, no. You know, um, I have like a core group of about five, six people who. I really trust, you know, uh, who could pretty much say this is a piece of crap. And, and I would have to really give that some credence. I mean, 
I'm still my own person, but yet I know if somebody says that, well, for one thing, I'm terrible with the punctuation. I mean, I'm just terrible. But, and when I write, I don't care about the spelling. I just, a little, you know, because it's important for me to get it out. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, but there are people, you know, looked at pictures, you know, um, this woman, uh, Constance, uh, she's in, 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 in France. Um, I had an online proof that she um, looked at. And the last picture in the book, which I will not say, but it was something different. And she just said, you know, I really don't think that works. And she gave me a, um, her reasoning why. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. So there isn't really anything about the book that isn't the way that I wanted it. I might have gone with a uh, dust cover instead of, but you know, now you're never going to lose the cover of the book. Or, That's true. Um, and um, the paper was good. So Blurb printed that. And um, there was an issue. Uh, I had sent um, a my friend in France, another friend, um, got the book, and he's going through it. And there is a big white blob in the center of uh, of an image. And I said, "Holy crap!" And then I called up Leslie, the my ex sister in law, who really. She takes care of all the money and everything because I know who I am. So, she, you know, she really took care of a lot of the business things. And I said, is that on your copy? And she goes, nope, looks great. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. Um, and then the following, so that was on a Thursday or Friday. Monday, I got a, uh, a email from somebody else saying, oh, yeah, there's this on page 57. You know, there's this big blob of something. And uh, it turned out it was 20% of the books. And, you know, they, Blurb does a really great job, fantastic job. I said to the rep, you know, that, you know, I told you what the books cost, you know, what my cost was. So that was not a small amount of money. I could have bought a really nice used car for that. So, um, and I said, does anybody QC this stuff? And, you know, I'm sure that they do, but they're not going to be looking at every single page. But that's something I had to do once I had all the books. So that, that um, I think I might. I would might go with another printer, but to answer your question, no, the book is exactly the way I wanted it to be. Yeah. They actually, they, they do a nice job. They do a great job. And it's yeah. a photographic print on, on photographic printing paper. It's not offset yeah. or web press. Yeah. I, I was surprised. There are a couple that I would might make a, like a half a stop lighter. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah. Other than that. Second printing, yeah. Oh, yeah. Third, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, some. Uh, I I hope this book uh, is successful enough to have a life that has nothing to do with me. Well, I hope so too, because uh, it it's a beautiful piece of work. Thank you, thank you. So, before we go, why don't you tell us where people can find you and find out how to how to get this book. Um, just go to my website, uh, which is Gerard, G-E-R-A-R-D, exupery, E-X-U-P-E-R-Y, one word, dot com. And there's a menu, it says books. <laughs> and you click on that and and uh, free shipping. Uh, so many people in Europe and Australia on Kickstarter and Indiegogo bought the book. So, you know, the, the book was one price, but it was 56 bucks to mail it, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, so it's with a, with a 
I am honored that somebody would want to do that, you know, that, yeah. and, um, but I learned all about customs forms and everything. Um, but yeah. And so there's free shipping, uh, continental United States. And, um, also the new book, there is, um, uh, you know, if you, if somebody wanted to put a deposit down and make sure that they got one, it's there and, and, you know, there's a price, whatever. And somebody, you know, I couldn't believe it. As soon as I put it up, whoop, somebody puts down 75 bucks deposit on a book. They're not going to see for a year and a half, which I thought was really nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Hey, yeah. it all helps, right? Well, it's, um, you know, well, is this the correct thing I should be doing with my time? Well, maybe I should be, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, working for the Salvation Army or something, but to, to get validation like that, I know exactly what I should be doing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it means a lot to me. Well, Gerard, thanks. Uh, really good to meet you. Good to see your work. And, you know, let's stay in touch. Yeah. You know, um, I got to tell you, this has been so enjoyable. Um, you know, it's, you always go into something like this thinking, oh, God, what if the guy's a real jerk? You know, or and, and you're not. You're certainly not. And um, uh, it's interesting how many people who love photography, they couldn't live their life without it in, 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 in their life and are just genuinely nice people. Of course, they're the jerks, too. But most of the pe people I know are genuinely nice people. And, and I appreciate you making me feel comfortable. <laughs>